Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. This is a quick intro to my own episode because often my thought process is I'll talk it out, record it, and then I realize you need a little bit of a summary at the beginning. So instead of re-recording the whole thing, here's your summary. We're gonna talk about how to change your self-talk with and without hypnosis. The reason we do this is because self-talk often will drive your action. It will also drive how you feel about yourself, which then drives your actions. So when we start to talk about changing that self-talk, I wanted to give you several methods about how to change your self-talk. And one of those is a self-hypnosis hack. Like how do you do this at home for yourself without a practitioner? Perhaps there's not one in your area, perhaps it's not affordable for you, or perhaps you just want a quick way to do this at home without having to make an appointment and talk to someone. So that's what's coming up in this episode. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Dr. Liz here. It is a rainy day here in South Florida, and you'll hear the thunder in the background. I am super happy to be doing the podcast today and talking about something that I really love to talk about, which is self-talk. Now, what is self-talk? It's that voice you hear in your head that says different stuff to you. Now, some people have like an ongoing voice. Other people have like images appear more to them. They're more like visual thinkers, typically those people. You know, this starts when we're um, little bitty and we're learning language and all of that. And typically kids will say like anything that comes into their head. And as they age, as they get older, they learn not to, that you don't say certain things or that there's social norms around saying things. Like some things are polite, some things are not. Now the hope as a parent is that your child will internalize your voice in their head at some point, meaning they'll hear your voice in their head. Like, we don't steal. We're honest. We tell the truth. We're kind to people. We stand up for ourselves. Like all these different things that parents try to teach kids. Now this happens in therapy too. So it is talked about in the literature and clients tell me about it. I've experienced it myself as a client where you begin to hear your therapist's voice in your head where you say like, what would my therapist say here? And some words will come to you or some images will come to you and you'll be like, okay, yes, that's what I'm going to do here. You know, or um, she would say, oh, be very kind to yourself talk to yourself nicely. So then you begin to do that. So that's actually a really healthy process that goes on for most people. Now, when you have a parent who's like highly critical, abusive, um, narcissistic, often the voice that gets created in someone's head is 
very critical themselves. And sometimes they don't realize it's their parents' voice until they're much older. Now, sometimes this happens by itself, a very critical voice, even if the parents weren't super critical. And the thought around this is that biologically, we're made to try to stay alive, just like straight up survival stuff, right? And so our brain generates all kinds of negative thoughts to try to keep us alive. Don't touch that. Don't do that. Don't do this. Um, Watch out for red berries, (laughs) you know, like all kinds of stuff as a survival mechanism. But it can get out of control for a lot of people. And when you start to go into this sense of like everything is negative, I'm negative, I'm bad, you start to believe that you're the voices, then you often run into problems. Okay, this is often how anxiety gets maintained. This is how eating disorders often get maintained, particularly if you begin to act on some of those really negative voices or thoughts that happen. Because generally what happens is we have a thought, we have a feeling, and then we have an action that follows that. Now, sometimes this is the reverse. We have a feeling, then we have a thought, then we have an action. Often we have a feeling, a thought, a thought about the thought, and then the action, okay? So it can get a little complicated. It's not just straightforward, oh, thought, feeling, action. You'll often hear that in the coaching world. And I can tell you from a more in-depth psychological perspective that we often have feelings first. They come into the body and then we notice them and have a thought. It is not always a thought that comes first. And particularly when I do my work in hypnosis, you have beliefs running underneath. So we call them subconscious beliefs and either they help you or sometimes they hinder you from getting something in your life that you want or need. But that belief will often generate the thought or the feeling and then action follows that. A really easy example to understand is you're going through a breakup and you don't want to talk to the person you broke up with, but somehow you find your little thumbs working and you're texting them (laughs) or you're trying to reach out in some way or you're doing something where you're like, wait a minute, I didn't want to contact them. We're going through a breakup. I don't want to have anything to do with them. What am I doing here? Well, often there's a belief underneath running of Perhaps I'll never find anyone else, or I'm not worthy of anyone else, or I'm not good enough, and or I need soothing from this person. That's often a belief underneath running that people don't realize. So in hypnosis, we are often working on the belief level to change that belief, to heal it, to put in some good ones, some new ones. Now we're also working on the thought level. So it depends what level of hypnosis you're doing, but the thought level is front and center for hypnosis. So when we're giving suggestions under hypnosis, we are changing the thoughts that are going on. We're changing the beliefs that are going on. Like literally thoughts are like neural pathways and we're changing the neural pathways so that the new thought becomes easier and easier to access so that you're creating that groove in the brain a little deeper for the belief that you are worthy, that you are good enough, that you will not take poor treatment, that you are worth exquisite care and love. So when you have that belief running, then 
you're going to attract someone who does that. Like you'll easily see someone who isn't going to do that. You'll see the flags and be like, uh, no, thank you. Right. Doesn't go past the texting or the phone calls or you never make it to the date stage because you're able to recognize is this person going to truly respect me, care for me? Are they a reasonable person? That's another thing, right? <laughs> like, can you have a conversation with them that feels reasonable where Perhaps you're disagreeing about something even, but it doesn't feel like it's an emergency or that they have to be right or they're open to new ideas, right? Like all of those things go into someone who's um, going to be more reasonable. Geez, I should do a whole podcast on like unreasonable people and dealing with them slash uh, narcissistic personality disorder, right? I have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel about that that get quite a few comments. Um, I have a whole narcissistic mother series, but I don't have one specifically on like dealing with unreasonable people. Sometimes those people are sort of on the border, like maybe they don't quite have the full criteria for personality disorder, but they are difficult people. I attended a whole workshop about that at one point and um, have some good notes and got the guy's book. And so I have some good ideas about that. All right, back to the point. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's say you, you're not going to do hypnosis. Like maybe you don't have a practitioner in your area or it's not something that's affordable for you right now. You can change thoughts and beliefs over time. Okay. And here are several ways. One, decide what you want to think and believe, period. Make the decision, make a list for yourself. All right, these are the phrases I want to say to myself. These are good things to say to myself. Now, I don't recommend like a really harsh voice. For most people, that leads to a shame spiral. It leads to worse behavior, not better behavior. There are exceptions to that. So David Goggins is really big right now. And he's like a ex Navy SEAL and um, ultra marathoner and all this stuff. So I read his book and I've listened to his interviews because he's super interesting. And plus it's motivating for me to work out in the morning. It's like, okay, if this guy can do like a hundred mile run, I can certainly do like seven minutes of a weight workout, right? <laughs> That's what I think. And um, I have an inside joke with a another friend who likes him too. And we're like, David Goggins it, David Goggins it, like meaning like get it done, right? Just get it done. Like stop the thinking and just get it done. And he has the worst self-talk I have ever heard. Like he talks to himself like he is a drill sergeant, like dressing himself down. Now, he also has an extremely violent and physically abusive childhood. So I am quite certain that's where that comes from. But if it works for him, which it has, he's been very successful in his life with that voice. Okay, keep it, keep it. If it doesn't work for you, I really suggest the kinder, gentler voice. So make your list. Write it out, write the phrases out. Things you want to believe, phrases you wanna to say to yourself, how you wanna be in the world. So often when I work with someone, if we're doing core healing, which is a more in-depth process, I will ask them to give me a list of 10 qualities 
that they want to be. Because when I'm doing the healing part of hypnosis, I want to put in all the good stuff and I don't decide that good stuff for someone. You decide that good stuff. So for me, it could be like kindness is my number one value for someone else. It could be fun is their number one value. I don't know. (laughs) You know, so I want them to create that because it's so important when we're working with a subconscious mind to put in all the good things. We're not just going back and figuring out where this stuff came from. We are sewing it up, putting salve in there and then sewing it up. We're healing that wound and we heal that wound with wonderful things that you want for yourself, how you want to be in the world. And if someone's coming in to change how they're dating, meaning like they don't want to date a sociopath anymore, then I'll ask them for 10 qualities of a person they want to date. Again, I'm not making those up for them. They're making those up. And those are really important too. When I was going through this process myself, I had dated a sociopath, came highly recommended by a friend who had known him for 20 years and did not realize he was a pathological liar, like pretended he was in the military people. Okay. And finally, when I started getting a clue and had one of my friends look it up and it was like, oh, this man has never been in the military. He had a whole fantasy going of like... Uh, He had PTSD from it, and this is why he needed to do this and that and all kinds of stuff. Total sociopath. And I called up Dr. Glasser, who wrote a whole book about this technique. There's several people who do this type of healing, regression hypnosis. But I had attended a workshop she had done on it, and I said, I never want to date another sociopath because I had dated several in my life. Okay, this was not the first one. (laughs) And she said, okay. You make me 10 qualities, and I will tell you that the man I'm married to now has all 10 of those qualities, and I often joke that I forgot to put on there that he loves to cook. Okay, (laughs) my husband does not love to cook. He will cook certain things, but it's like, oh, if you want someone who loves to cook, you need to put that on your list because you're going to get these things, okay, when you go through this, this deeper technique. So anyway... We start with the list and you can start with the list at home. Who do I want to be? How do I want to be in the world? Who do I want to date? Who do I want to be with? It starts there. What kind of phrases do I want to say to myself to help motivate me? So the other night, my 15-year-old Eva made brownies and they were not on my food plan. I like to make a daily food plan. And I have some flexibility in that food plan, but they weren't on there. This was a surprise. The phrase I had just read out of a book, I'm going to do a whole nother episode on this book called Words to Eat By, by Karen Koenig. One of the phrases was, I don't eat for taste or habit. Now, being an ex-overeater, this is big for me, (laughs) okay? I, I call myself a recovered overeater, a recovered binger. I haven't binged in a really long time, but um, overeating sometimes creeps in here and there, but I, I would say I'm mostly recovered. So this is a big phrase, but this phrase popped to mind. I don't eat for taste or habit. And that's what it would have been right then. I was not hungry. It was late at night. So I put one of those brownies on my plan for the next day for lunch. And I woke up in the morning. I was like, mm, maybe I could have a brownie. And then I was like, No, I don't eat for taste or habit. I will wait until I've planned it and it will be nice after lunch. I'll leave room for it so that I'm still hungry. I'm not overeating. Like all of these like wonderful thoughts happened 
all of this wonderful self-talk. But it started with writing down that phrase, I don't eat for taste or habit. So that is where we start. We write them down. We pick a phrase of the week. We start practicing it. We imagine situations that may come up where we can make a choice that feels better for ourselves. We start to switch our thoughts. So when like an old crappy thought comes up of, oh, geez, you know, I can't believe you ate that or something like that, right? Or I can't believe you did that. You didn't get that report done for work. I can't believe you. You're an awful person. Like, you know, some of these phrases come into our heads without going even to like, you're an awful person level, but that's really what they're saying. Like, oh, I can't believe you did that. You're lazy. You're this, you know, all of this awful self-talk. We start to recognize it and then switch it and say, you know what? I'm not an awful person for being late on a report. It's just something that happened, something I'm working on, something I'm improving. I can look at what happened and see if I can make a plan for the future so that I feel better getting things in on deadline. So that's where we start. We start recognizing them. Old like crappy thoughts will come to you forever, pretty much, okay? Um, Some may disappear over time, but some may stick around forever. Our goal is not to get rid of them is simply to recognize them, say, hey, thanks for the information, and then switch our thought to something that feels better and is healthier for us, something that feels compassionate. Like, hey, I've written down that I'll treat myself with compassion, respect, and kindness, just like I would anyone else. And so what would be compassionate right now? What can I say to myself that's kind? What can I do in this moment that feels respectful? of myself. So we start to flip over to the new thoughts. Now I will say, because I am a hypnosis practitioner, this is easier with hypnosis. It really is. So if you have any kind of recording device at home, you can take the first part of my free hypnosis files. So if you join the newsletter, you get like three or four free hypnosis files. There's plenty of them over there. You can take just the relaxation part of one And then learn how to put yourself into a relaxed state. And you can make a recording yourself of like helpful phrases for you. When you're in a relaxed state, when those brain waves slow down, we know that the neural pathways are easier to change. This is why we do a relaxed state when we're doing hypnosis. And the more you practice that, the easier it is to go into it. Like myself, I can go into a hypnotic trance. I mean, seriously under like two minutes. Okay. I've measured it. (laughs) It's super fast because I've practiced it for so long because I'm a long time meditator, like going on 25 years or something. So you can practice that relaxed state and then listening to your own phrases. And that's like a free way to hack a self-hypnosis file. Okay. Seriously, learn the process, record it yourself on your phone. Most smartphones have like a simple little recorder on them. And then listen to that. When I first decided to lose weight, I knew I had a ways to go, like 60 pounds. I made myself a recording that I would listen to every morning of my motivators. I called it my big whys. All of the reasons that I wanted to lose weight. And I would listen to it every single morning. Sometimes I listened to it in the afternoon. But basically, I was telling myself all of these wonderful things to make it easier in the moment when I had a food choice to make. So you can do the same thing. You can focus it on one area or 
You can make a more general one about the type of person you want to be. Whatever feels easiest to you. But this is how you begin to switch those thoughts and you begin to get healthier self-talk, more compassionate self-talk. And when you can be compassionate with yourself, that is generally an easier path to change. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope this is helpful to you out there and I hope you have a wonderful week. Peace. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.